Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. We got a full show today. We got Tim and Krishna here, and we are doing a playoff team draft. Uh, I am going to throw it over to Tim. This was Tim's brainchild. He made a very, very fancy, nice spreadsheet for this. So, Tim, explain what we're doing and how it works. Yeah, well, uh, we can actually post the spreadsheet afterwards for people to be able to see who picked who and, and all of that. We are doing a playoff team draft, and we've been doing these power ranking podcasts and grouping teams, and the three of us would submit individual rankings, and we'd talk about it, and, and it would take hours and hours, and <laughs> I wanted to like you know mix up the format a little bit. So since we're getting closer to playoff time, time as it's the all-star break, we are going to do a snake draft. So uh, our draft order is Krishna is going to go first, then me second, then Taylor third. And then in the second round, Taylor will go first, then me, then Krishna. So back and forth like that, we are going to be picking seven teams each. So there will be 21 total selections. Not all 30 teams will be spoken about today because our focus is not just ranking all 30 teams, but picking who we think has the best chance to make some noise in the playoffs. And not every team's a realistic title contender. And if we, you know, if all, if point title contenders, we could probably stop after like two rounds. So to get us to full seven rounds, we have a scoring system in place that rewards various levels of playoff performance to, to different degrees. If you, hang on, let me make sure I, I get this right. So if you make it to the first round, if you make it to the round of like 16 teams, if you make it out of the play-in basically, or you you know have a top six seed, you get one point. If that team makes it to the second round, you get an additional two points. If they make it to the conference finals, you get an additional three. If they make it to the finals, you get four. And if they are the champion team, you get five. Okay, so just so I understand, let's let's say you pick the team that wins the championship. You're saying you get five points plus four plus three plus two plus one? Yeah, that would be, would that be like 15 points? 
Okay. Okay. Does that make I, okay. Sense I, I didn't. I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it worked that way. I thought you just got five points, but I'm I'm fine either way. I just wanted to make sure I was on the. I understood the scoring system. Okay. It makes sense to do it this way because you want to get the most points for getting the champion right, and then you know the second most points for getting the finalist right, etc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So that is the scoring system. So like strategically thinking about this. In the first couple rounds, we're probably picking teams we think can make like the finals or realistically compete for the title. Later on, it might be more around like, who do I think can make it out of the first round? Or like, which play-in team do I think is going to make it to the first round to start with? So some, and we could talk through that as we get to those various points in time. So that's the format. That's the order. That's kind of our purpose and the framing for today. We certainly know that the playoffs are a different animal than the regular season, but we're still at a point in the year where like there's still, you know, a a good bit of regular season left. So you have to forecast out, all right, who's going to be able to make a top six seed or who's going to end up in the play in. And uh, to help with this, we have a number of data sources and one uh, new, I guess, new kind of revamped app that we have up at this website. It is free if you go check out at B-Ball Index. Uh, If you go under free data, it is the season and game projections app. So you can go in again free and any day there are games you can go in and it'll say, okay, we think the Bucks are going to magic by eight and a half points. And here's, you know, these guys are out. These guys are questionable, whatever. So, you know, what the what the projections are and it'll say, are we think 230 points will be scored or whatever. And so if you want to track along with that, you can you can feel free to do so. And then we also have. A, a feature on that app where you can see how we're forecasting teams are going to finish the season from a seeding standpoint. So like the Nuggets right now, it says they have an 86% chance to be the one seed. Let's see the Philly, their most likely seed is the four seed at 46% chance. And then the three seed at 43% chance. So you can really see that distribution of outcomes, the odds there'll be a top six seed and avoid the play-in, the odds that they'll make the play-in. And then we have odds round by round for who's going to make the championship. And these values are based off of our LeBron values. Uh, home court advantage is factored in, team rest is factored in, a number of other things that going that are going on in the background. But we also know that there are certain types of players that tend to elevate or drop a bit in the playoffs. That's something that the two of you talked about uh, maybe a month ago on the pod. So us, you know, we've got this data on the side, but we're also thinking about, you know, who do we think is going to rise? Who's going to fall? And so there's a lot to consider. And that's why I thought this would be a nice, fun uh, way to start this off. So I'll now kick it over to Krishna to make the uh, first pick in the draft. Okay. Actually, before I make the first pick, I, I just wanted to explain uh, some of the a few of the different data points that I was going to use as well. So I've been uh, tweeting out. So we actually talked discussed this on a pod uh, a few weeks ago. We discussed our luck adjusted team ratings. Um, so that's one of the uh, sources I'll be using um, data sources. Um, and I also have been tweeting out. Um, and I think we're going to try to get this up in an app at some point. Um, we actually had it up last year, so you should be able to get it up at some point. Um, it's a it's a playoff team strength rating, and uh, what it is is like basically use. I have like I'm using all of the different impact metrics, and then you're merging these with minutes and and seeing where all the teams rank. 
Um, and uh, and then a few of the other things that I'm kind of looking at, multi-year playoff LeBron, uh, because as Tim mentioned, uh, there are some players who get better in, uh, in the playoffs and some who kind of don't. Um, so that's something kind of worth keeping in mind. Um, oh, and season team projection app that we have. Uh, so we have uh, we have our single year LeBron uh, numbers that are available on the site. The season projection uh, team projection app actually uses what I call predictive LeBron. And basically what that is, is it's LeBron, uh, the single year LeBron data, but padded with uh, about 250 minutes of the predictive LeBron before the season. So essentially what that is, is like I used, uh, we used the three previous seasons to predict LeBron for this year. So it's kind of a multi-year LeBron, uh, predictive LeBron is kind of a multi-year version of LeBron essentially. so anyways, with all of that out of the way, I'll, I'll give you my actual pick. <laughs> and your time is up. Congratulations, Krishna. You <laughs> Spurs. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. My, uh, so who's my, who's number one in the draft? My pick is Boston. And uh, and honestly, this is a, a very easy pick. Uh, so if you look in our season uh, team projections app, they are the most likely champion. If you look at um, our... If you look at the luck adjusted team ratings for this season, they are number one by a pretty significant margin. Um, actually, maybe not significant. So their luck adjusted net rating is 6.05. The Cavs are second at 5.6. So not that big, but a decent amount. Um, they are also, if you look at the various uh, team strength uh, metrics that I, you know, you look at LeBron or Darko or Drip or EPM or like all of them, they're number one practically across the board. So basically, I'm going with a team that's number one in almost everything. (laughs) Yeah, good pick. And thinking back to some work that Taylor had done on the podcast, wow, was preseason, was it? Beginning of the year? Where it's just an offseason, I think. Okay, okay. During the offseason, you took a look. Do you want to explain it? You, You know where I'm going with this, I think. Yeah, yeah. So basically what I wanted to do is I wanted to figure out if there's like a criteria for teams that end up making it to the finals. And what I came away with was if you finish top 10 in offensive and defensive rating, you have uh, a very, very good chance of making it to the finals. Every team except like a few outliers, like the Golden State at the end of their run, like the fourth straight year, missed it by like one spot. I think like on the defensive side, they were 11th. And then maybe like a LeBron season or two with the Cavs, there was some teams he kind of carried to the playoffs. But for the most part, if you're top 10 in both offensive and defensive rating, you're probably going to end up in the finals. And I think for offense, you really wanted to be in the top seven. I think there was like two outlier teams, the 2020 Lakers and the 2022 Warriors. But that basically, that was the idea. And then we looked at LeBron and every team that made the finals had, I think, again, one outlier four uh, players that were above average in O-LeBron and four players that were above average in D-LeBron in the rotation. So you just needed to have basically like, (laughs) basically all that being said, you need a lot of good players to make the finals. But we did find some thresholds with offensive and defensive rating and then having four above offensive and defensive players in your rotation. And you beat that criteria. 
Yeah, the the Celtics would meet that criteria. They're third in offensive rating, fourth in defensive rating. They have uh, just among their top eight rotation players. That's how I took a look at it when I was pulling this together just today. Five of their top eight rotation players, uh, from a minute standpoint, have had an above average O LeBron, and all eight of their players on defense had an above average D LeBron. So they graded out like whether it's just the the raw ratings, the LeBron values. The luck adjusted ratings Christian was talking about, like all of these things, or if you look at like our, our modeling that Mike, uh, who's, who's new to the site, uh, he put together and Nate did a good job getting the app up and visualizing it. But all of these resources, they all point towards Boston. So I they would have been my pick for number one. Taylor, would you have picked anyone other than Boston number one? I think it's one of those things um, when I worked at Pro Football Focus, we covered the NFL draft and sometimes the the season ending and the time to the draft is so long, you start like creating all these narratives in your head of, oh, well, actually, maybe the best thing to do is yada, yada, yada. And what I ultimately learned there was just don't overthink it. Just take the best player, take the best team, whatever thing you're doing. I think it's, you know, kind of uh, maybe a cool thing to not take the Celtics here, but I think they're the obvious choice. Yeah, they're a good choice. So next over to me, I'm going to take Milwaukee second. They do not quite fit the criteria that we just talked about with the really good offense and defense. They are second in just defensive rating this year, 22nd in offensive rating, but they have been missing Chris Middleton for a lot of the year. Giannis is on a tear recently. This is a team that has great rim protection, great point of attack defense. I mean, they've to me, they have the NBA's most talented player and one that I expect his impact to stay strong in the playoffs. Um, they've got battle-tested coaching, you know, guys with champions, championships on this roster. Uh, bringing in Jay Crowder gives them lineup flexibility, which I think is really, really important for the playoffs. It's one thing, and this is why the regular season and the playoffs are different games. When you're in the regular season and you're playing like three different teams a week, you kind of just do, for the most part, a lot of teams, we see them just play their game. And we're going to play Portland the same way we're going to play the Lakers, the same way we're going to play the Bucs when, when it comes to our defense and our offense. When you get into the playoffs, it's much more about what are they bad at. And let's push them towards what they're bad at doing offensively. And then defensively, let's pinpoint their weaknesses and attack them. And in order to be able to sustain that, uh, you need to be able to have you know lineup flexibility, I think. You want to be able to play big, play small. Screen coverage versatility, I think, can be really important. The Bucks can certainly play drop and be fantastic. This is a team that can put out super switchy lineups. This is a team that could put out like mobile coverage, show and recover, or soft hedges. Um, they could blitz, and they could rotate behind that. So I think Milwaukee checks all of the boxes from a superstar offense, defense, coaching, scheme standpoint, and I am going to pick them second. They in the... Uh, team simulation app thing that we have up. They have the second highest championship odds. And I feel, I feel pretty good about this pick. I think Boston and Milwaukee were my clear top two. Uh, I'm in, interested to see where Denver falls. Cause they're that third team that I think reads out really well, but that's, that's my second pick. Any comments before we turn it over to Taylor? Uh, yeah, I'll just add. So you mentioned Giannis uh, as a playoff player. He is number one in our three year playoff uh, LeBron impact metric and in five-year playoff LeBron he's number two behind Steph so uh, he's like carried over that really high impact into the playoffs 
So um, essentially, like, you know, the Bucks are going to go into every series with the best player, uh, you know, for, you know, what that's worth. Um, I know certainly a lot of people tend to pick uh, playoff series based on who the best player is. So if you wanted to do that, uh, the Bucks would be a strong pick. Um, the one thing I will say is uh, I would be a little concerned about their offense. Um, so in our luck-adjusted offensive rating, they're 18th. Um, and I know they haven't had Middleton all year, so, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to evaluate them. But uh, to me, it kind of feels a little bit like even with Middleton, it just getting into that, like the offense has just not been good. And so even with Middleton, I'm still not even sure if they have enough offense. Um, and to me, the thing that I'm really worried about is the shooting. Um, I think their three-point shooting has been pretty bad this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just have some questions on offense with them. Uh, that's probably what separates them from the Celtics, I guess, is, you know, with the Celtics, I think you would feel pretty good about them on both ends. But um, maybe with Milwaukee, you'd be a little more worried with their offense. Yeah, that's certainly very fair. Yeah, I think that if I were to pick one thing that I'm worried about, it would be how does their half-court offense you know, end up looking against a team who defensively is trying to sag off who they can sag off of, send help where they need to send help and, you know, mix up coverages and whatnot. All right. Turning it over to Taylor. Taylor, who do you have at three? And then you also have the next pick at four as well. Okay. I'm very, very excited because I had, I did a little tier list here trying to figure out who I was going to pick. And I had four or five teams in the top uh, tier and then I get to pick Two of the teams I really wanted, I'm very ecstatic about that. that. I'm going to go with the Nuggets here at three. Their offense is just otherworldly. I am a little concerned about the defense. I know that's kind of been the talk all year. And their defense has been pretty good. I think they have some time to kind of ramp up. What I would like to see is Bruce Brown really finish strong because I think in order for this team to be successful, they're going to need KCP. They're going to need Bruce Brown. They're going to need just a really, really strong perimeter defense because we know that that isn't Joker's strength, the defensive end. But I feel really good about them offensively. I think they're just going to be able to bowl over some teams. So I'm very excited about the Nuggets at three. And then right after that at four, I love the Cavs because they have a two-headed monster on defense in Allen and Mobley. And then they also have a two-headed monster on offense in Mitchell and Garland. And then on top of that, they have X-Factor Dean Wade. So I I am very excited about the Cavs this year. And I think they have a legitimate shot to make the final. So I'm loving my value with these back-to-back picks. The stationary shooter everyone's talking about, Dean Wade. He's an X factor on defense. On defense, <laughs> he can shoot the three. He's he has great anticipation. He has great instincts. I I was watching Dean Wade tape the other day while at work, and I was just I I couldn't stop talking about it. I was I was pulling people in. People were walking into the park, and I was like, "You got to see this guy." Yeah. So you just picked the number one offensive rating team and the number one defensive rating team with your two picks. So uh, you're you're going for those strengths. Um, I, with Denver, I think defense is the worry. And when you look at how, like Denver 13th defensive rating this regular season, when you get to the playoff environment, is Jokic able to hold his own? Are the other players they have going to be able to hold their own? They certainly have better surrounding pieces to him than I think they've had in the past. 
but they still rank 18th in on-ball defense and 28th in rim protection uh, when you look at just ranking 30 teams, all 30 teams for their players with 500 or more minutes played this year. So I I worry a bit when you remove some of the like non-playoff teams, you know, they're going to be on the lower end, I think, defensively compared to most of these teams that are making the playoffs potentially. And I think that has to be the worry, just how they're able to, I think round by round, who they get matched up with could be really important. But one really nice thing about picking Denver is I see in like Boston and Milwaukee, I think those are like going to be two really, really tough teams to beat. Denver doesn't need to play a team of the caliber of either of those two. And I, even if I'm not fully bought in on Denver as like a title contender, and I think I've got them in my top tier as well. um, I think their path to the finals is going to be easier so that you've got that, you know, to your benefit. Uh, I think the one thing I would mention with Denver is uh, a few things. So Denver's luck adjusted numbers. So they're actually luck adjusted defensive rating is 22nd. So that's even worse than their defensive rating. Although to be fair, we mentioned our number two team was 18th in luck adjusted offensive rating. So, you know, you could now, of course, Denver's not really been missing any key pieces the way Milwaukee has. So that's probably where the comparison stops. Um, but, um, and the other interesting thing is, and I don't, um, I, I think this is probably likely just due to all the players that have been missing for the Nuggets over the last few years, but Jokic's playoff LeBron is actually just far worse than his regular season LeBron. Like he has led the league in our regular season LeBron metric for the last three years. And his uh, his five year playoff LeBron, for example, is at two point seven, um, and that's in the teens. And his three year playoff LeBron is also uh, I I don't even see him here on the first page. So that should tell you all you need to know there. And I mean I I think that's probably more likely just because of the teammates around him. But I do have this question: Do you think it's possible as a center that he loses some offensive impact because you kind of want, like it's a little more important to have a ball handler be your lead offensive player in the playoffs? Or do you think that's, you know, doesn't matter? I don't think it's a concern. Um, That's not really anything I would be worried about. So I, a few things here. So it's tough with Joker because last year, they were they I mean they played the team that won the championship in the first round and he had one other like NBA caliber player in the rotation. So that's gonna hurt your LeBron numbers. And then Aaron Gordon playing in high leverage situations with a competitive team around him. I'm really interested to see his versatility because I think that could be a key in helping their defense be good enough to where their offense can, you know, outscore teams and again just be strong enough on defense. And then one thing I wanted to mention, you guys talked about your prep, your your analysis before the podcast. I personally went and sat in a jacuzzi for about an hour, listened to some folk music, uh, then ate a big bowl of pistachios while I waited for you guys to be ready. So that was my prep. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, <laughs> I think I'm next. Did you Did Taylor take the fourth team already? Yeah, he picks Cleveland as well. Oh, okay. Um, Cleveland. Oh, so, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Cavs, I think 
number one defensive rating so far this year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell having a great season, ninth in LeBron, top 10 player there. They've got playmaking, shooting, size, defense, pick and roll play. They've got some of that wing stopper defense with Dean Wade. Lamar Stevens is in there. Uh, they are fifth and eighth in the league in on-ball defense and rim protection defense. I, I like what this team has to offer. It's a fun group. They can do a lot of different things. I'm interested to see from a playoff coaching standpoint what things look like for them. I don't have as good a feel how they'll be able to adjust and hang in a seven-game series. But this is certainly a team I'll be having fun watching and rooting for. How much are you worried about the Cavs' kind of lack of playoff experience, I guess I should say? I think it's a factor. I think I'm more worried about it with the coaching than the players. Like Donovan Mitchell, he's he's been in these big series and he's ha- put up some crazy numbers uh, against <laughs> against those Jokic teams. Um, it, this is going to be our first look at Darius Garland in that environment. This is a team that just released uh, or bought out Kevin Love, who's someone who has that experience and could be useful in those situations as a locker room guy, as an on the bench, you know, coaching guys up kind of guy as well as his on court play. Um, Mobley, Mobley and Allen, I, I, you know, this is it, for a lot of these guys, it's our first look, but I do think the mobility that they have with some of their bigs makes it, if we're just looking at like skill sets and how they translate to the playoffs, I think what uh, the Cavs have does translate. And that makes me less worried about it. But you know, it's one of those things where you don't have experience experience until until you do have experience. But I don't think this team this this year, I'd say. Okay, and, and one other question. So uh, just so everyone can kind of be aware of maybe our own playoff tiers here. So to me, I had uh, Boston and Milwaukee kind of in their own tier. And then after that, I think I would kind of agree with Taylor where, you know, that was kind of my separator. Uh, do you guys? Taylor sounded like he had a bunch of teams at the top tier. So and I, I have every team we've taken so far in the same tier at the top. Really? Uh, so you have Denver mm-hmm. and Cleveland in the same tier as Boston, and Milwaukee. I do. Wow, that's uh, surprising. I, I don't have it that way. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to to think. Well, I, I I can see looping Denver in with uh, Boston, Milwaukee. Yeah, I, I don't I, think the Cavs should be though. It's tough to have three teams from the same conference in the top tier. If we're just looking at like with the scoring system how it is, I, that's that to me is tough. Um, now, after just saying that, my next pick, and I'm very excited this team fell. I was worried that Taylor might take them. Is the Philadelphia 76ers and. I, I, this might be the wrong pick, but I think they are a very talented team. They, they in Boston are the only two teams that match the, you know, get to the finals criteria that Taylor covered earlier. They are sixth in offensive rating, sixth in defensive rating. Four of their eight rota- top eight rotation players are above average in offense. Six of their top eight guys are above average in defense. You've got a superstar MVP candidate and Joel Embiid on the inside. You've got James Harden, who is a dynamic perimeter player. Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. Like, they've got they've got dudes. Um, they've got DeAnthony Melton for some good point of attack defense. Like, they've, they've got guys on this team that I am very excited about. And I think this group, when you play a playoff rotation and kind of cut out some of the, like, 
lower bench guys. I think that's going to help them more than it might help some other teams. Um, so I, I think they've got a really good core top end group and I'm excited to see them perform in the playoffs. I, I think based on the research Taylor did that had me elevate this team. And so I'm going to go Philly with my second pick as the fifth overall team. Any thoughts? Just the numbers on uh, Philly. They are top 10 in both uh, luck adjusted offensive and luck adjusted defensive rating. Uh, and they're third overall behind uh, actually the top three teams are all in the East uh, Boston one Cleveland two, then Philly. Uh, all of them are top 10 in both offense and defense. Um, and yeah, and uh, Embiid's actually got a pretty uh, good multi-year playoff LeBron, uh, despite kind of some of the worries about his playoff rating um, or playoff ability. Um, and actually, same same is true with Harden. He's, uh, I think, in the 12th-ish, 11th, 12th or something like that. So uh, certainly a lot better than the perception of him. Um, and yeah, I, th- I mean, I think Tim kind of covered it. They, they do kind of meet a lot of the criteria. Um, I think the only issue for them is they'll have to play either Boston or Milwaukee. Uh, mm-hmm. I, the one question I do have for both of you. So you guys, so Taylor would have us obviously take Cleveland over Philly. What about you, Tim? I had Philly rated over Cleveland. Okay. And and over Denver as well. Although, so, well, no, I, I think no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. What? I, I think Philly. It, like, if conferences weren't a thing, I think I might take Philly over Denver. Given that Philly's in the same conference as Boston, and Milwaukee, I would I would pick Denver over Philly. So Philly's defense is is quite good. It's very good, and it has like the talent to like because you know, you look at the defensive ratings, which are very helpful. But then I look at individual contributors on defense. And P.J. Tucker, while seems to be fading, still does bring defense. And then in a playoff series, you know, he can really he can ramp it up knowing like, you know, the, the end is near. Uh, they traded for DeAnthony Melton, who has been fantastic this year. Obviously, you couple that with Embiid. I really like that. And then also on the offensive end, Maxi as that third creator, that third player that has the ability to score on their own is so, so valuable in the playoffs. And the caliber of that third scorer is so important. Important. And I think we saw it last year with Maxi, where he was hit from really big games in the playoffs. So I do like this team on paper quite a bit, but I just like, you know, the other teams, you know, previously picked a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And Doc Rivers scares me. Oh, I forgot about oh, Doc Rivers. Rivers. <laughs> I think I, this, Doc Rivers is the biggest hole in Philly. When I'm, when I'm evaluating the, you know, the scheme on both ends and the players and the, the ratings and all that, I'm I'm worried they're just going to get out coached. Like, I'm worried a team's just going to go to like a 2-3 zone and, and it's going to be checkmate or something like that. You're worried. I'm sure. That, I'm sure he's going to get out coached. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Do you think Philly with a different coach would actually be maybe up there with like Boston, Milwaukee, or am I being a little? Yes, uh, yes. Okay. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I don't I, think this is a team that's being optimized best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, they play all bench lineups uh, repeatedly, and they get crushed in them, and it's been going on all season. And you, you just wonder. And the thing is, if you're doing it all season, and – like, why would you do that unless you're going to potentially do it in the playoffs? Like, there's no reason to play all bench lineups for the entire season unless it is something that's going to be a thing in the playoffs. And, you know, it, it just doesn't make sense to, to, to not stagger Harden and Embiid. So um, those minutes will be very fascinating in the playoffs. They could be a complete disaster. And, I mean, look, those minutes could absolutely lose your series. Uh, you just have to kind of go back to the Embiid, uh, the Philly-Toronto series a few years ago, and yeah, you can see all the minutes, basically. <laughs> the plus minus for Embiid in that series was, was pretty crazy. So, Yeah. All right, so that was my pick. We are now uh, at the sixth and seventh picks. Krishna, you are up two in a row. Who you got? Okay. Um, ooh. Now, now it's getting a little tough here. Um. I'm actually going to kind of go against our <laughs> I'm going to go against the data bit I guess. And this is um yeah. Is this a homer pick? Is this a is this a Steph better pick? Oh no, oh no, no. I'm Okay. Stories <laughs> are cooked. Um no, I I I'm I'll, I'll tell you who I'm debating with. I'm I'm debating between Phoenix and Memphis. You know you have two picks. Chris. Well, you have both. You have two picks in a row, so just pick them both. Oh, I'll just pick them both. Well, there you go. <laughs> I didn't realize I had two picks in a row. Yeah, I, I'll, I'd pick uh, Phoenix and Memphis next. I think. Um, do I have to give the order here? <laughs> I don't, it doesn't matter. You um, can. Yeah. So, the, well, because I thought I only had one pick, I was kind of leaning towards Phoenix, and all of our like our projection app really loves Memphis um, and uh, the let's see the uh, our, our LeBron metrics so if you look at like predictive LeBron or LeBron or some of the or even like uh, I think EPM if you look at the team projected team playoff strength uh, all of those metrics really like uh, Memphis as well um, and uh, although uh, Phoenix is actually is a little higher in if you looked at like Drip or Darko, um, which are multi-year metrics, um, although not higher in predictive LeBron. Um, but yeah, so basically, I guess the thing with uh, Memphis that really worries me is really just their half-court offense. Um, and I think the thing with Phoenix is like they're going to be adding KD in, um, but. And that's just so much firepower, right? Like, 
you have CP3, Booker, Katie, and and I guess DeAndre Ayton. That's a, that's the big question with Phoenix, right? Like what what does DeAndre Ayton give them? Because he's been a massive disappointment this year, and I think and I think that's why our uh, team projections app is much lower on Phoenix. Uh, Tim was kind of explaining this before the pod, so uh, maybe you want to explain why we're, our, our team projections don't like the Suns as much. Yeah, so they think Kevin Durant's very good. Um, think Chris Paul's very good, although he's not as good as he has been previously, and he's also someone that, I, I mean, I don't think the model is seeing this, but like his defensive impact being good in a low activity role tells me like that's a major red flag. Like you can go target this guy. So that's going to hurt them in the playoffs. Uh, Booker grades out quite well. Uh, this is his first season grading out better than Chris Paul from an impact standpoint. So he was finally the top dog and then they brought in uh, Katie, which is a good problem to have. But yeah, Aiton really dropping off a cliff from an impact standpoint really drags them down. And then also, the fact that like even when you shorten their rotation to a playoff rotation, due to them trading away Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, like those are two really s- just solid dudes who are going to play big minutes and give you like plus value there. Take them out. Like this is a team that's going to be playing like, uh, uh, gosh, uh, Damian Lee. This is a team that's going to be playing like Tory Craig. Like those guys are not not very good basketball players this year, and that drags them down a bit. Like having a minus two LeBron guy and a minus one LeBron guy and probably your top like seven, I would imagine, like that's going to be an issue, I would say. So they've got the top end talent, but the depth isn't quite there. I will say, I do think uh, our LeBron metric might underrate KD a bit in a playoff setting. Um, But even factoring that in, like as you said, like just having that, you know, the the minus two and the minus one player at the back end is, is going to cost them. So, um, but I just really, I mean, I, I guess it's all going to be like, it's all going to depend on, you know, like maybe Katie's going to be playing like 48 minutes a game like he did in Brooklyn a few years ago. And that might help. Here's a fun fact for you. Uh, KD over the past three playoff season, playoff years, um, and Rudy Gobert from 2020 to 2022, they have approximately the same LeBron value. In playoffs? In playoffs. Wow. They're both top 25, but they're they're towards the bottom of the top 25. Wow. Well, so that so the KD thing, the KD, so in, if you look at five-year playoff LeBron, KD is actually much higher. Um, the three-year, I mean, let's be honest, last year he was terrible in the playoffs. So I think if you look at the three-year, it definitely hurts him um just having having last year well, the, the five-year has 2019 in it right uh so the five-year would have yeah. 22 21 so that, i mean it's kind of like i don't want to say a different eight. player but like that's pre-injury yeah um although that's i a good I, point that's true but i don't know how much different he is honestly from pre oh there's a difference Ooh, there's a difference you think so i'm gonna pop Bad pick, bad pick. That's who I was going to pick, but bad pick. <laughs> Tell us about Memphis. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Memphis is is really high in, as I mentioned, in uh, in the playoff team strength, uh, you know, in, in various metrics. So if you look at, like, LeBron and EPM, Memphis is second in EPM. They're first in LeBron. They're second in multi-year uh, or predictive LeBron. Um, and... 
as I mentioned there, um, I think they're fifth in our uh, in our projections app in terms of their mm-hmm. likelihood to win the championship. Um, you did break that down. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having you repeat yourself. Uh, any anything else you want to add with these these two teams? I also forgot I have some comments that on that explained uh, the Grizzlies. Did we go into like a <laughs> oh, time uh, portal? What just happened? When are we? Uh, well, I know as soon as he listed the two teams, I was like, all right, I'm next. Who am I going to pick? So I blacked out for like 15 seconds. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, that's a fun fact. Anyone at home that's it's never been on radio or podcast, a big part of it is just blacking out in the middle of episodes, trying to figure out what you're going to say next, not listening to the other people. It's a huge part of being good at radio and podcasting. Well, no, but like during normal conversation, like listening and active listening is very important. When we're doing a competitive like draft thing <laughs> i i want to at first like i want to know who i'm picking next and then and then two no no i don't i know this is not a, that was not a backhanded thing i actually think it's really really important in broadcasting to be able to do that and still like absorb enough every once in a while you're like i don't know what this person said that's just that's just honest behind the scenes 10 years of broadcasting and you start saying really vague uh, things. You start saying things where you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah, no, I absolutely am hearing you. <laughs> so Memphis, defense, yes, very so good. Lots of adjusted data for Memphis. They're second in defense and 19th in offense. Um, and like we mentioned, their half-court offense earlier. So um, yeah. even in the luck-adjusted offense, they're pretty poor, which is interesting because in overall offense are actually really good yeah so and they have when you look at like the individual player values they have five guys in their top eight who are above average with their O lebron they have six of their top eight above average in d lebron so that grades out pretty well they've got the defensive rating like the only thing missing from the criteria that taylor researched was just that offensive rating being a bit higher um they also have struggled playing better teams, I think, recently, uh, just just on the season. But knowing that, so Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. are seventh and eighth for them in minutes this year. That is why I think their like their overall team values aren't as high as they could potentially be. Um, they're second in the West. They're going to have home court advantage, perhaps against every team in the West they play, depending on how far Denver gets. So they're set up really well. I think there's somewhat of a buy low right now. And I think that's part of why the model's a, a big fan is it, it sees, okay, once we like run a real playoff rotation, and this is a pretty deep team, this is going to have one of the best, like one through eight groups of anybody. They've got the DPOY guy. They've got a superstar offensive player. They've got, you know, some elite shooting. They can get to the rim really well. They've got a defensive player that your candidate that's, you know, unlike, some of the the prior ones where like Jackson can play mobile coverages. He can play drop. He can switch a bit. They're set up well for him to retain his value. And I had them ranked ahead of Phoenix. I had them ranked ahead of Cleveland. Uh, and I was in my head debating them versus Denver, which I, I can understand if, if someone does, you know, doesn't agree with that, but I'm I'm really high on Memphis. Oh. Wow, ahead of Denver, so my blood pressure is rising right now. Uh, I just want to <laughs> I just want to quickly just recap here. We have done seven picks: Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets, Cavs, Sixers, Suns, Grizzlies. I think this is kind of closing the door. This is the favorites and the contenders, 
And then after that, like we're going, we're getting into now what I think are dangerous playoff teams, but I don't, I don't think any team from here on out is a legit contender, maybe a dark horse, but not a legit contender. Do we agree on that? A uh, quick question. So Taylor, you, I would agree. So, yeah, I would agree. But so you had all eight of these teams in the same top tier or did you have like any difference between like to me, I had like, I think Taylor and uh, sorry, Tim and I both had Boston Milwaukee. And then honestly, I think I would probably group like three through eight, as you mentioned, all together. So I would probably have two tiers um, with like three through eight. I had two tiers uh, here of all of these teams, but these this this now closes out tier one and tier two. And then now with the eighth pick for Tim, we'll be moving into tier three for me. What was your tier one, Tim? Uh, uh, whoa, Taylor, whoa, whoa, whoa. This think... game is the game is still afoot. All right. I'm not giving up any information. No. You still got eight more tier one teams, Krishna. You you can't have him giving up that kind of information. Oh, sorry. I I just meant like among the contenders. Like I I was just talking about like we had, like if I was tiering based on like the contenders, just the teams in the contender group. Like I would have Boston, Milwaukee ahead of then like the three through eight teams in a second grouping. So that's all I was asking for both uh, uh, Taylor and, and you, Tim. My lawyer has advised me not to freely give up information while the trial is still happening. <laughs> so I, I had Boston and Milwaukee in my top tier. I had Denver, Memphis, and Philly in my next group, then in kind of Cleveland there. And then I had a separate group of Dallas is who I'm going to pick next. And at that point, that's have a hard cutoff of like if anyone beyond those eight teams makes it to a conference finals, let alone a finals or a championship, I'd be very surprised from a title standpoint. I think Denver, Boston, Milwaukee. Tim, you didn't mention Philly. Did you? Uh, I did. Yeah. Phoenix, sorry. Phoenix and Dallas are like my seven, eight. Okay. I think these are both teams that have superstar talent and have poor depth due to trades they've made to acquire superstar talent. And I, you know, think they can make it through the first round. I think they might be able to make it through the second round, but I really struggle to see them making it to the finals or winning a title. But I, I think, so I'm picking Dallas. I had Phoenix ahead of Dallas, but I'm going to go Dallas next. They've got Kyrie. They've got Luka. Those are two superstar players. The pieces around them aren't great. And they've traded away some of those good pieces to acquire uh, Kyrie, and that makes things a bit tougher. Dorian Finney-Smith was kind of rising back up after a poor start to the season. I like the coaching tactically, schematically. I think they're very smart. I think this is a team that give them the right matchup against a, a defense that isn't able to play versatilely, and they can dice them up. But I'm not sure that they're going to be able to get enough favorable matchups to get as far as they, they'd want to get. But... That's still who I'm going to go with. So I have the Mavs as my third team. So can I just give some interesting stats on the Mavs? Um, sure. We mentioned, so we, we've been kind of keeping track of the Mavs luck adjusted net ratings, right? And I think in the last few pods uh, we've done, they were like pretty high up, right? And just looking at it now, and they're 16th overall, which is a big fall from, I think, even the last one we did where include the shot quality. Um, so the ones I'm looking at now are including shot quality. 
Uh, and so that's a it's a big drop off. And the the drop off is really coming from their defense, where they're 24th and luck adjusted defensive rating and um you know i think if you watched a few of these uh games the last few games against like the uh kings and wolves uh you are looking at their defense and you're sitting there wondering um do they play less defense than the uh the local team you play at at the gym or something like Yeah, I don't see the other. This is going to be a team that needs to just like outscore you and they need to get the right matchups to do it. I, yeah, I don't, there's no, I don't see a championship ceiling. I struggle to see a final ceiling. I think the ceiling for, for Dallas is the conference finals. And even that I don't think is likely. So they are a, you know, 50, our model has them as like a 50, 50 shot to make the second round pretty much. Yeah. And most likely seed is the five seed. Or no, 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 I'm sorry, the four seed. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but you mentioned you kind of see them in a similar kind of uh, tier as like Phoenix, right? I, I don't know. To me, it it seems like Phoenix. I, I would probably pretty comfortably take Phoenix over them, but um, yeah, I, I, I think Phoenix is better than them. But I think for both of these teams, given their lack of of depth, I. And I think in playoff environments, lack of defense, I don't I don't think these teams have championship or finals. Uh, I don't I don't think those are likely outcomes for them. I I understand others may be higher on Phoenix, but I just it's going to be really tough. These are two teams that and they play. They're going to end up playing each other in like the first round. Um, It's going to be it's going to be tough. Uh, I I think if you are to, you know, build a path, if they are the four five. The winner of this is then potentially going to go play Denver, and I can see a path for either of these teams potentially to just go out there and put up a bunch of points on Denver. I just expect Denver to do the same thing uh, on the other end of the court, especially against Dallas. Yeah, um, I could see Dallas flaming out even in the first round. I, I don't actually have much confidence in them as a as a playoff team like to me i think i think you're right where like they're they're ceiling is a conference finals but like it honestly wouldn't shock me if like the kings beat them in the first round if i was mark cuban i would pay off my local internet provider if they lose in the first round to have a massive internet outage just anywhere Kyrie is in the city just so he can't do anything crazy <laughs> <laughs> he's right. got the money and on that note taylor you're up he's got the money <laughs> you get two picks here. all right uh so i am debating between three teams here it's a tough one they're in the same tier for me there's some injuries involved i think i'm gonna go with the clippers here i am basically with this pick saying Kawhi has gotten better as the season has gone on and I am hoping that he will continue to. Uh, Paul George is a good number two. They made some nice moves at the deadline. I don't know who or who will not be in the playoff rotation, but they add Plumlee, who's a solid player. They stole Bones from Denver, who could you know be a nice spark off the bench. And they might be getting Russ as a buyout candidate, which would be really solid value. So one concern with them is they are a little bit old, and I would like to see like some more energy and youth on the perimeter defensively and maybe Terrence Mann gets some more minutes but I think the Clippers you know 
if everything bounces their way, are a pretty dangerous team. And, you know, I don't know if uh, Kawhi flies to Germany and gets some uh, special special serum shot into his knee. I don't know. Maybe for the playoffs that could be very useful. So I'm going to go with the Clippers there. And then for my next pick, in a shocking, shocking twist, I'm going to pick the Kings. I never thought I would be saying this. I'm picking Wait, the Kings for something. What? What? I know. It doesn't feel right. I'll allow it. The Kings. It doesn't, Bad it pick. doesn't feel good, right. Good job. Uh, but I'm going to pick the Kings just because. Stop this podcast and like, the Taylor's picking the Kings. <laughs> What's going on here? It was between the Pelicans and the Kings, but with Zion re-aggravating the hamstring, uh, Brandon Ingram has missed a ton of time. I know he had a toe injury, and those can flare up again. I'm going to go with the Kings maybe as a safer pick. I like their offense. I don't think they're going to go super far in the playoffs, but they can beat they can beat a team in the first round uh, because, again, they have some offensive firepower. Uh, Coaching-wise, it seems like they have the league off balance, and uh, they have some nice role players. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Clippers and the Kings. Does that mean I can't call you Kings hater? I don't know. Time? I don't know what it means. <laughs> uh, I, 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 numbers on the Kings. Uh, they're they're second in luck adjusted offensive rating, uh, only behind Boston, and they're fourth in luck adjusted net rating. Um, obviously, if you're just looking at the season stats, they've just been a really good team this year. Um, I think the question with them is like, do they have a ceiling maybe that you? don't totally trust in the playoffs. Yes. Um, but their chances of being a higher seed, as you mentioned, Taylor, like they're, you know, they're already in the three seeds. So they're just more likely to make the playoffs than a whole bunch of other teams that might have more kind of playoff talent than them. So I think, I actually think that's a good pick. Like I, I wanted to pick the Kings, but you know, we got the Kings hater here. Picking them, so. <laughs> okay. So we are now 10 picks in. Do you guys want to go lightning round here? Because I don't think we need to debate all, especially if these back-end teams making the playoffs. We just pick pick our team, state the reasons why we like them, and then we just you know keep going down the uh, draft. Sure. I'm good with that. All right. All right. So I'm up next, and I'm going to pick the last team I see as having some sort of upside here. I understand that short-term, they're not going to be playing well, but... The upside's there. I'm going to go with Golden State. If you look at some of their like five-man lineup data, when they play their best groups together, they've played very, very well. They have Steph Curry. Once he's healthy, that's going to be dangerous. Um, Jordan Poole in the impact data has not played very well, but he's rising, and I think that's important. And this is a team that, looking at where they might end up, this could be another matchup with Denver. And I, I don't think Denver is going to have a fun time trying to defend this team. And then these guys on the other end of the court are going to do a lot of smart, fun stuff defensively. And I like some of the wing defense they have. I like the shooting they have. Like, I think this is the last team with some real, realistic upside. So I'm going to pick them. And then I think we kind of get into a somewhat of a dead zone here with these next couple teams where it's like, all right, who can make it out of the first round? Yeah, um, th that was <laughs> that was an interesting pick. I, uh, <laughs> Timmy, you thought I was going to take them much earlier. Uh, I actually wouldn't have even taken them here. Uh, I said, although you do mention a good point with their upset, I just I think their chances of making the playoffs are pretty low. Um, so I think that's why my two picks would probably come from the East, where um, I would go with 
Miami and the Knicks. And, you know, maybe these are just safe picks because um, I think uh, you can feel. Wait, did I miss a team in the East? No, I think you're good. Oh, no. Okay. So uh, the the standings confuse me because I'm sitting here thinking like that. The Knicks are in the seventh spot right now. Um, and it's because uh, the Nets are ahead of them. But I I mean, the Nets don't have any playoff upside. So I, I'm going to stick with my two, the Heat and the Knicks. And um, I mean, the reason I'm going with the Heat and the Knicks here is, uh, look, the Heat have been in the playoffs the last bunch of years. They've made some playoff noise. Um, it's I think both of those teams are much more likely to be in the top six or just to be in the playoffs as well. Um, I don't think either of those teams have any shot against Boston or Milwaukee. But, um, you know, if Miami plays Philly, could you see an upset there? Maybe. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm just saying that because it happened last year. I don't I don't think I would actually pick Miami to beat them. But, um you know, the same thing with the Knicks. Uh, like, I don't, I, neither of those teams are likely to beat the Cavs or the Sixers. But uh, to me, it just feels safer to pick one of those teams over a bunch of the teams in the West where I have no idea if they're they're going to make the playoffs or not. Um, but that, I think the West teams have more upside. Uh, the way I would kind of look at it is like the teams from the, the East is, better obviously from one through five i think but then once you get through that six seven range i think the teams in the west in that six seven eight range have way more upside as tim mentioned with warriors like the warriors are have way more upside than either miami or the next um you know you just don't know whether they're going to make the playoffs because like every team's within three games or whatever so okay fair pick all right so we have started from the top. Christian started with the Celtics. I picked the Bucks. Taylor with the Nuggets and Cavs. Back to me with the Sixers. Then to Krishna with the Suns and Grizzlies. Me with the Mavs. Taylor with the Clippers and Kings. Me with the Warriors. And then Krishna just picked Miami and the Knicks. It is back to me. I am picking Minnesota. I think they have a decent shot of being a first-round team. I'm going to get my point there. And then I think if they end up facing Memphis in the first round, I don't hate that matchup from a Minnesota standpoint with where I think their holes are. Like if you're going to play Rudy Gobert and drop against John Morant, I'd feel better about it than playing Rudy Gobert and drop against, you know, some of the more dynamic pull-up three-point shooting lead guards. And I don't love this pick, but um, we're at that part of the draft. So I am I'm going with Minnesota. They have plenty of plenty of holes that you can poke in them, but I, I think there's some path for them getting me uh, the the two extra points of banking it to the second round. Do you, do you guys know the Pelicans haven't been drafted yet? Go okay, you pick them. Yeah. You're up. Okay, all right. Just making sure. Just making sure I was like reading the board right. All right, I absolutely go with the Pelicans here. What was that, Krishna? They would have been my next pick. Although the Wolves versus Pelicans is kind of interesting. Maybe we can briefly debate that. Uh, why do you? So it's uh, Taylor, Pelicans it have like heart. You... That's why. Pelicans over the Wolves, right? Yep. Uh, and then after that, I am going with the new revamped Lake Show with my second pick. 
They played the Pelicans the other night. I know Zion was out, but the Lakers felt like the Lakers again for the first time in a while. And, uh, you know, they got Mo Bamba. They got D'Angelo Russell. They got Vanderbilt. They got Beasley. They have so many new players that the amount of new players is giving me hope. So I'm taking the Pelicans and I'm taking the Lakers. I like the Lakers. I think they are playing much better now. I think the trades they made at the deadline were really smart. They're a much better team defensively, schematically. They're, they've kind of woken up for the first time all season. Offensively, the scheme's kind of peaking. It's been the best it's been all year. The rotations finally make sense. It might just be too late. That's my concern with them. Our modeling has them having a 20% chance to even make the first round. If they get there, they are a team you don't want to play. They're a dangerous team. If they do get there, it means that they've really picked it up. My, We're at the point in the draft where... I'm I'm picking next. I'm going to pick the Nets. I don't think the Nets have upside, but I think the Nets, as like, what are they, the three seed right now? They're going to end up in the playoffs, so I'm going to get one point from them. <laughs> and I think they're a better bet to get me that one point than the Lakers are to get me a point. Even though I'm a Lakers fan, a Lakers analyst, I think the Lakers are going to be the better team by that, by that point in the season, potentially. But the standings are what the standings are. And uh, if you... Just based on our modeling, look at like the expected points between these two teams. Brooklyn's expect, expected at 1.24 uh, with how we're doing their scoring system, and the Lakers are at 0.25. So I was hoping to pick the Lakers with my uh, my last pick, but I don't I don't necessarily hate that on your end. I think there's some upside there if if they do start immediately winning and no one gets hurt and things keep rolling. But I'm gonna go with Brooklyn again. They're fun. I don't think there's upside, but they're gonna give me one point get into the first round. So that's that's where I'm going with that one. Krishna, you are up. Uh, let's see. Uh, just on the Lakers, uh, <laughs> Taylor and I discussed this in the last pod. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with it. Like, the standings there, um, it's just, like, too far back for me. I, wow, man, I just, picking, pickings are They're going to be like the Eli Manning Giants, just making some unbelievable runs at the end of the year. <laughs> Sure. Uh, the Nets were just picked, right? Uh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> they seem like they're actually. I think they dropped to like the five seed now. Uh, but and it's going to be an interesting race between them and like if they can stay in the playoffs or end up in the plane. Wow. Oh my God. Who the hell is left here? Um. You have two picks in a row here. <laughs> yeah. I think there's one clear top team, and then. Three teams that um, you'd just be throwing darts at a dartboard. Did I? Uh, um, let's see. Um, oh, you know what? I'll go with the Raptors. Yep, good pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, the Raptors are kind of like the in the Lakers spot in the in the East, where uh, although I think they're currently in the play, like they're going to safely make the play, presumably, and which is you know something the Lakers may not do, but uh, their I mean their team is just much better than some of the teams in front of them. Um, honestly, if I was going based on upside, like I would probably take them over, maybe the Knicks. Even if you're just looking at like all the player ratings, 
um, like if you compare, so just looking at like the playoff team strength app here, um, they are pretty much ahead of the Knicks in almost every metric, I think. Uh, let's see, they, yeah, so like if you look at uh, predictive LeBron, they're sixth, the Knicks are 14th. If you look at single year LeBron, they're sixth, the Knicks are 14th, they're ninth in Drip, they're 13th in Darko, and yeah, pretty much routinely ahead of uh, the Knicks. Actually, the, oh yeah, no, even in EPM, they're uh, a spot ahead of the Knicks as well. They're 10th in EPM, the Knicks are 11th. Um, and then I think if you look, look, they're going to make the play-in for sure, I think, because they're just better than the Wizards and Hawks. Um, they've, and and now they added uh Total, so honestly, that just makes them a lot better. Uh, they're a weird team though because they've just been kind of underperforming all year. So um, I, but I mean, they're just better than the teams in front of them, I guess. So yeah. okay, yeah, no, good pick. Uh, I don't. I think that was the the, the clear top option there. You have one more, Krishna. Who is your uh, last uh, pick of the draft? Okay. Um, I guess, uh, you know what, I'm going to just, uh, yeah, I guess I'll just take the Hawks because they seem likely to make the playoffs play in, play in, um, because I think the Raptors would probably end up beating them if they end up facing each other. Um, but maybe not because currently the Hawks are in the eighth spot. So I have a, a decent chance here of maybe them getting one point and um but between the hawks and the raptors i'm probably guaranteed to get a point here so that's better than anything else left in the west where i think like yeah i'm not picking the <laughs> the jazz or the blazers or the thunder so you guys can pick them <laughs> <laughs> i will not uh i'm up next i am picking washington ah! and it is purely a they're going to have better odds to like I'm just looking for them to make it to the first round and then get swept is I'm, I'm looking for my one point. I'll take my one point. I don't think I might get my one point, but they've got a higher chance uh, in our in our app here forecasting. They've got a 41 percent chance to give me that one point And Utah only has a 31 percent chance and the other teams are lower as well. So I'm going with the Wizards. All right. So with the last, I was I was I was excited about the Wizards. I had a whole spiel ready, but all right, you, you you snaked them from me. So I am choosing between OKC, the Jazz, and the Blazers. Basically, I'm trying to guess who's going to make the play-in. I don't think any of them are going to make the play-in because I think they're going to get jumped by the Lakers. But the Thunder are playing better basketball as of late. So I think. Uh, is Dame going to will his team into the play-in? Uh, I think the Jazz are out of gas. I think they're out. I'm going to go with OKC with my last pick. Uh, they, I like what they're doing there. They got a lot of pretty good young players. And uh, SGA, who knows? Who knows? Maybe SGA could, I don't know, make some magic in the playoffs. All right. And that gets us to our, our 21 picks. I'm going to read off each of our teams in order. So Krishna has... The Celtics, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Heat, the Knicks, the Raptors, and the Hawks. So, so I, I think his 
he's got some some good top end talent there, and then he's looking to steal a point here or there afterwards. I have the Bucks and Sixers, who I think are title contenders, the Mavs and the Warriors, who I think could make some noise but aren't title contenders, and then the Timberwolves, who might be able to get to the second round, the Nets and the Wizards. Uh, Nets, I think, are going to get me one point safely, and then the Wizards, I think, are like a 50-50 shot to get me one point or maybe a 40-60 shot to get me one point. And then Taylor has the Nuggets, the Cavs, the Clippers, the Kings, the Pelicans, the Lakers, and the Thunder. So those are our seven-team lineups. I will we'll, we'll tweet those out when we post this. Um, we can tweet out the link to the spreadsheet if anyone wants to see who we picked and in what order. Um, based on what our app at the website is forecasting, it expects uh, Krishna to have won this draft. It then has me in second and then Taylor in third. Um, the expected points are 21 for Krishna, 19 for me, and 16 for Taylor. But I just realized I got screwed. The regular season left and then all the playoffs left. Hold on. Why, why is I, that? I had the third pick in the first round, and I also had the last pick of the draft. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We had the first pick in the second round. We did a snake draft. Yeah, but normally how the snake draft works is the person who has the first pick in the draft then has the last pick in the draft. Do you, do you want to pick one more round? No, no, no. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I mean, the deck might have been stacked against me. Hey, we can pick one more round. But the one more round doesn't really help because none of the teams are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> you get the chance with the Blazers, the Thunder, and – oh, no, you took the Thunder. So you got the Blazers and Jazz. Yeah, the Jazz and the Blazers and then like yeah, you Chicago. Could take I'm just getting out in front of a yeah, potential no, third-place hey, finish. No, why don't we – hang on. I don't want to be able for you to complain about this no, when no, you lose. No, no, so, no. I'll find, I'll find something else to complain with. We don't need you three more picks. I'll always have an excuse. We can do that in like 60 seconds. Teams. I don't know. Pick a team. I, I, pick a team. There's no I, – I can't, I can't guarantee you pick how Utah long my pick would take. Taylor, pick a pick. Pick a team. Okay. Well, I'm on the clock pick now. Next I'm on the clock and I'm thinking – This really doesn't fix the problem of the draft, but whatever. I'll take the Blazers. Yeah, yeah, it does. It doesn't. It, it does. doesn't because these teams don't have value, but the teams at the top do. I'll pick the Blazers. Uh, I'm going to pick Utah. <laughs> Krishna, do you want Chicago? Um, or, or Indy? Uh, can I have none of them? <laughs> I feel like I should take no. Chicago. I shouldn't take Chicago. In, uh because friend of the podcast Kevin Farragan is uh is a has become a Bulls hater now. He's he's formerly a Bulls fan, but they're so horribly run and you know I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't nothing. They're not they're well, okay. They're not. We're picking. It's the twenty fourth <laughs> team here of thirty. So I don't. If he were really thrilled about them and they were being picked twenty fourth, I don't know that that would make sense either. Um, yeah, let's, uh, I'll go with the, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go with the, who's, who's, okay, you know what, I'm just going to look at the standings. Okay, Bulls, Pacers, <laughs> Magic, Charlotte, Detroit, Spurs, and, and the Rockets are left. Okay, so I will take. It's a critical pick, Krishna, critical pick. You know what, I'll take the Jazz. I already picked the Jazz. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll give you the no, no. The thing, Krista, I'll give you the Jazz if you give me the Hawks, and then I'll take this last pick. Oh no, no. I'll 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 just pick some other team. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll take the Pacers. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wait, Tim. Can I trade the Clippers and the Kings for the Seventy Sixers? No. Wait, well, wait, actually, wait, hang on, hang on. The Clippers, the Clippers and the Kings for the 76ers. No, I, I still have Philly. In my math here, I have Philly still scoring. Math, math. Really? You're okay, still so, scoring higher than the Clippers and Kings. Ah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, okay, so now, now after our very fair... Uh-huh. Uh, team draft eight, eight eight teams per per drafter this is a weird way to phrase it because we're picking teams instead of players uh krishna is projected at 21 points i'm projected at 20 points and then taylor's projected at 16 so that, that, so that is, yeah you see that last round really, really benefited me gave me zero extra yeah. projected points <laughs> you added an expected 0.17 points taylor don't mm. Mm, thank you oh, oh sorry thank you thank you so much Wait, so what, what was the so, final total? The expected point total what was the final. Uh, so, Krishna, your expected point total is 21.04. I'm at 19.94, and Taylor's at 15.93. It's getting lower every time you say it. So, hey, but guys, it's draft day. There are no winners on draft day. We do know the one loser. Um, <laughs> and... And and so Krishna and I will be vying for for this title here. What is the what does the uh, winner get? Does the winner like or does the losers have to have to edit the the follow up podcast or what are we gonna do here? Oh, that sounds fun. We can we can come up with some sort of punishment or something. It <laughs> should be a prize here. <laughs> yeah, hey, carrot or the stick, whatever you know. Uh, uh, what a third and, uh, of a bitcoin. Hey, we'll get uh, the the winner. will get a James Wiseman jersey. <laughs> <laughs> no, James uh, Wiseman fathead. Get the winner James Wiseman jersey. A Warriors James Wiseman jersey. <laughs> Those are probably <laughs> honestly pretty obtainable right now. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so <laughs> those are our teams. We'll well, the winner gets a Dean Wade fathead. Do they? Okay. That'd be fun. I'll put that in my office. <laughs> okay. I I will put it in my office, and every time anyone walks into my office, I'll say, who is that? And none of them will be able to know who it is. But if they do, one day someone does know who it is, I will get them a James Wiseman Warriors jersey. <laughs> um, okay. So this was fun. Thank you, guys. Uh, I, I respond to this uh, when we tweet this out, if you're a listener, and you, you think somebody picked a better team. Respond who you think picked the best team. Uh, you know, Team Tim, Team Taylor, Team Krishna. Let us know in the comments. We'll be tracking this as uh, things progress, and we can provide those expected points updates based on how the regular season is going. And then once we get to the playoffs, so I'm excited about this. This now gives me there's kind of like a March Madness feel where I'm like, okay, I'm rooting for these teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are, are we gonna have a running total? Or sorry, we like can. a spreadsheet, like just have the spreadsheet that's updating with our picks and have the expected points throughout like the rest of the season. Give us like a little. We should year. be able to do that. Yeah. Like we can just pull it straight from the, the free app that is up. 
which again, if you have not seen it, we just put it up. It is uh, our B-Ball Index season and game projections app uh, where you can see individual game picks as well as season-long picks. So give that a look. Uh, Mike, who just joined our team, he's actually, so he was on the B-Ball Index team a couple years ago and uh, and has been just in the lab, locked in a, in a basement working on this for like four <laughs> years. So um, I'm happy to see every uh, Suns fan and Thunder fan hates it. And uh, <laughs> Memphis fans are big, you know, they're really enjoying it. Denver fans are liking it. It's it's all about who we hate. Uh, we if you know, if you are a Suns fan, we, we hate you and we think you're a loser uh, and we don't like your team. Um, oh, uh, and, also regarding the season production app. Uh, I think uh, we're going to try to make some improvements on this uh, throughout the season. Like I think like right now we have it's it's powered by predictive LeBron. Um, but I think at some point we'll we'll have that split into both offense and defense and that should help it. Um, eventually it might be powered by a new impact, a new better impact metric. So uh, we're going to try to kind of improve it uh, throughout the season and uh, maybe by the playoffs we'll have kind of it in the optimal place mm-hmm. yeah and i think the other thing too is and and i'll be talking to mike about this is like how do we from a playoff rotation standpoint certain coaches like to use certain numbers of players or you know based on how team construction is like it's not like every team's using an eight man or nine man or seven man rotation so trying to figure out how to fine tune to optimize that a little bit it's not going to make a huge difference but every every little margin matters for that so That'll be an improvement. And then actually something that should be coming up fairly soon, I believe, is we will be adding another tab to this that kind of shows you the reverse standings. And given how we're projecting teams finish the year from a seeding standpoint and how the lottery odds are looking, what are the like live Wemby odds? So that could be a oh. a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that could be a, a nice fun time as well. So take a look at that app uh it'll have those those season-long projections and then once the all-star break is over and we're back to games you'll be able to see individual uh game projections as well if you're into that sort of thing so that's all i've got taylor thank you for letting me run the show today i had a good time uh any any other closeout stuff you need to do before we we hop off here no i'll just uh just uh finish it up like i always do for uh tim krishna i'm taylor And we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.